I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Russell me, Mark. Russell me, Pete. What is happening? Oh, we're back. Oh, we're back at ECW. <laughs> one night only, the second one. And <laughs> is there a third one? No, no, they changed the name to Extreme Rules. Uh, one night only, as Extreme it began to, rules. as it began to, uh, you know, there were, you couldn't have too many one night stands <laughs> no, exactly. with the same audience. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this this is about to get not Serious. just extreme, but very good. Mm. Um, I remembered like when this this pay per view was on, mm. how much I enjoyed this pay per view. Yeah, and when you look online, certainly when we were doing like the first one. Night stand, mm. and everyone was like, "Oh, it's a brilliant nostalgia fest." The first one, but the second one is the brilliantest show of all time. People love this show. Yeah, um, and I was watching it, and until we get really to this bit, I was a bit like, "I've been sold a pup here." My memory is not <laughs> as not doesn't feel like this was anything like I remembered it being. Yeah. I remembered this being absolutely jubilant, mm. and the crowd being a nightmare. And actually, they were. It was just okay. It was like being an ECW show. <laughs> But from this point on, it does begin to get much more exciting. Oh, it's brilliant from there. Yeah, um, the next match that we have is Sabu versus the world champion Rey Mysterio. Mm. Um, the homicidal, suicidal, <laughs> genocidal, death-defying maniac. <laughs> <laughs> you've you've got to be quite violent, haven't you, to live up to that nickname? Yeah, I think so. You know? um, what's um, Have we seen much of Sabu elsewhere? No, no. Right. I think he has a WrestleMania coming up. Uh, where okay. he's part of a, an ECW multi-man tag match. Um, he was one of the uh, most important independent stroke American wrestlers of the 90s, really. Mm. He um, he was a guy called Terry Brunk, uh, and <laughs> he actually never, ever used that name in any way For in the ring. Because he wanted to avoid <laughs> confusion with Terry Funk. Yeah. Terry Brunk, that's so unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. He was uh, the nephew of a guy called Ed Farhat, and Ed Farhat was a wrestler called The Sheik. I would be surprised he's too. <laughs> <laughs> he was a better name. Ed Farhat. Yes. Well, The Sheik is, is like one of the most important wrestlers, mm. again, of his generation mm. so he was always an independent guy he worked in Los Angeles where he owned the territory and he was a pretty limited wrestler but knowing his limitations he sold out you know venues across the world solely by essentially having five minute matches where there was lots of blood and he they just seemed incredibly real he'd mm. throw fire you know he'd mm. use weapons uh, he went to Japan where he became one of the biggest gaijin wrestlers really in Japanese history um, he was 
a remarkable bloke, but one of the things he he really never did as the booker was lose. Right. And it was one of the things that he really drilled into Sabu, which is don't lose. If you lose, they're taking away your heat, they're destroying your career. If you never really lose, you're always going to be... Uh, you know, a main eventer. Mm. And for most of his career, Sabu really was a main eventer. He was super talented in that he combined two things that had come along in the 90s, the high-flying style and the hardcore style. Right. And so he could have matches with pretty much anyone. If they did the high-flying, he could do the high-flying. If they were Terry Funk or, or Cactus Jack or uh, Atsushi Onita, he could take on them in, in death matches and mm. things. And he is just a mass of scars. <laughs> um, he was... He was just a, a very, very big star, and he spent most of his career in ECW. Right. So from 1993 <clears throat> to 2000, he was there. He had a really good gimmick as well, which is he barely ever spoke. So he was just this mysterious guy. He was different to everyone else in the ring as well. So when people would get, like, weapons, they'd hold them up and they'd be really, like, you know, trying to get the crowd to pop. Mm. Whereas Sabu would just sort of race, Pick scrab them, them grab them, <laughs> run back in, and he'd just be trying to hit people with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he was really unlike anyone else. <laughs> He, um, I think in about 1995, he had his neck broken very early on in a match with Chris Benoit. There was a backdrop went wrong. I think Sabu thought he was going up for a flapjack. Benoit right. thought it was a back body drop. And anyway, Sabu lands pretty much like a tent peg on his neck Buck. and it breaks. But his ability then, when he came back after a broken neck, you know, he, he, it wasn't just a sort of fake toughness. We'd seen him over the years just lacerate himself on barbed wire, that he would just be in, in flames and on fire. Mm. He had his neck neck broken and he was still there every night he was just the real deal um, part of the problems with that of course is he was a bad fit for WWE right. so the things that made Sabu Sabu he couldn't really do on a nightly basis in the WWE yeah. and what you end up seeing in this match is exactly the problems that they had <laughs> with booking him um, but this he had a really short WWE run it's, I think it lasted a year it's not really well remembered but actually watching this match you suddenly go Christ he seems like a massive missed opportunity <laughs> yeah but again it's like you this said is you, great. you can't just have blood all over, over the gaff and mm. to be honest you can't look like you've just come out of a threshing machine which is no. exactly <laughs> he's got a big burn on his cheek he's got he does oh, yeah he's wow. like like the wrestler um, Junkasai who is mm. a, um, a, a fantastically exciting Japanese deathmatch wrestler mm. and there's a very good series on all four at the minute called The Wrestlers uh, and it's made by an American guy who is uh, I forget his name I, I, I imagine it's uh, something like Justin someone that's what Americans all tend to be called <laughs> nowadays um, it's very disrespectful because it's a really good piece of work um, but one of the episodes is about death matches and it, he goes to meet uh, Atsushi Onita in Japan but he also it's mainly about Jun Kasai mm. and Jun Kasai has exactly that same back that Sabu has, which is just, it looks like someone's just got a, a sort of a braddle, right? And just yeah. hacked bits mm. of it out, and then Blah. you've healed, mm. and then they've given it another go. <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely tenderized, absolutely gross. Um, Ray Mysterio is good in this. I mean, he had a bad one night stand last year, mm. and you get the feeling he wants to sort of, you know, have a good one, and he really does. And this is a really good match. I mean, the two of them were. It was a slight dream match. I think had it happened in 1995 or six. It could have been, you know, one of the matches that people still talk about to this day. Yeah. Um, but th they just, what they couldn't do is they couldn't get the belt onto Sabu. They didn't want that. Yeah. Uh, and so they had to work out how he could lose in front of all these ECW fans. Uh, and Sabu is not a fan of losing at the best of times. <laughs> uh, so they ended up doing a, a spot which is absolutely 
phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, it looked beyond dangerous. Yeah, it was. Um, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, even earlier on in the uh, in in the match, um, they go over and just flying through the air and smashing up a table. And, yeah. Um, and the referee does a cross as if they're actually hurt. Yep. But there's a there's a, I've sort of read up on this, and there's only a few times where people have done the cross because the cross means like they're really hurt and they yeah. don't, they need to you know as soon find as a way. really that, that that made its way into like wrestling fans consciousness yeah. that the X was everybody stop this is serious yeah. no one's no one's joking as, people started using it the day yeah. that people that that went all... oh that means it's really yeah, serious yeah, yeah. they were like put it in everything put now. it in everything now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. right okay they, to they, kind they... of preempt because in the end what happens the end, so they go through a table they've been, so, already been through one table yeah they? So, yeah they've been through a load of tables there's mm. been loads of chair shots mm. and things I, I think there's a couple of unprotected head chair shots as well yeah there are some stinking <laughs> wax yeah. in here and, and to like Rey Mysterio which is which is just it's one thing and I don't mean this to sound horrible but when it's Masato Tanaka and Balls, Balls Mahoney guys <laughs> whack each knock other's brains out. in yeah literally knock yourselves out with these chairs yeah. but with Rey Mysterio he's you got contact lens in for one <laughs> He's also, like, a, 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 I don't understand why you're sort of going, at the very least, what this is going to do is take two weeks off his career. You know, you don't <laughs> yeah, need exactly. to do that with with essentially <sighs> someone who's wearing your championship, who is, like, the, a beautiful artist in the ring. Yeah. Stop caving his forehead in. <laughs> um, but they do, ta, ta, uh, Sabu does a, a DDT, uh, so he jumps off the ropes, catches uh, Rey Mysterio, who is on a table on the mm. outside, in a DDT, and the angle that, that Rey goes into, it's like falling down a lift shaft. <laughs> Just insane. The problem uh. is, people were so used to Sabu doing the most extreme things. Right. They had seen him over the years go much, much further than that. And to end the match with a sort of, you know, I mean, I mean, Rey Mysterio could have legitimately, you could have said he cannot continue. Yeah, because you're not used to this kind of But nonsense. Sabu was clearly <laughs> fine. <laughs> and there is a part of me that goes, I don't think Sabu is the sort of person who's going to go, I'm really going to sell that idea. Yeah, He's no. essentially going to sort of Little just wink. go, yeah. yeah. There's a slight thing, there's, there, it's quite funny because there's another bit later on in the main event where I, I sort of go, oh, are they planting a seed for something a bit later? Mm. And actually, the seed that you would have had there is Sabu saying, they're not extreme. I, sh- I-, I didn't need to finish that match. Mm. You know, I could have continued. Right. I should be the champion. Yeah. There's a programme for right, okay, No. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, no. Read too much into it. Well, they, they, they um, in this one um, when the when the, re, the like the, the special referee comes in and goes, <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't fight anymore. This is over." He like, sounds uh, like Ouija. He's got such like a high voice. A New York sort of <laughs> film noir guy. Yeah, <laughs> I can't fight anymore. This is over. <laughs> he starts going, "Listen, <laughs> listen now." Get someone who sounds like they've got a bit of authority about them. <laughs> Not a man who's you know works in a casino. They can't fight anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Sabu was was actually Blah. said afterwards to be furious uh, about the way it had ended. He, really, he, I think I think had the audience been essentially taken in by it and gone, wow, that was the end. But mm. Sabu would have known from the start. He's been in the company for about I don't know a month. Mm. You can't sit there and go, mate, that is not going to fly. <laughs> I'm Vince McMahon. I'm, I, I'm Vince McMahon. Yeah, mate, yeah. you don't know the first thing about <laughs> it. So he obviously kept quiet about it, but you know, vindicated uh, again throughout his his run here. They just did not know how to handle him mm. they, uh, they couldn't have put the belt on him but if you can't put the belt on him don't put him in a match with Rey Mysterio no exactly. give him someone else give him you know give him one of your other stars and let him win yeah. and then you can work out what you do further down the line <laughs> I, I understand no one is going to invent a time machine so that we can go back 
13 years so that this pay-per-view can be tailored to my wants and desires. But, I mean, it should happen. <laughs> it should. Um, they would actually, uh, within, I think, a month, be very grateful that Sabu did not have the World Heavyweight Championship. Right, OK. Um, unfortunately, Rob Van Dam, who he was in the car with, he did have the WWE belt. Right, okay. So, oh, we'll leave that till the main event. Okie dokie then. But suffice cool. to say, Sabu and Rob Van Dam absolutely fucked it up the bump. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing I like, uh, Rey Mysterio, uh, I've never seen a championship belt look so big on one man. No. Like, he's so little. Do you he's know, so little, I've actually got a full size, full <laughs> proper one of those belts. Really? Cool. Yeah, it was bought for me when Alex Zane and I went to WrestleMania 25 yes. on our honeymoon. And he bought it. <laughs> it took place on my birthday and Alex bought me one of those and he kept it secret. I mean, which is amazing because it is actually three times heavier than Alex's. Uh, but honestly, there is something about, and this this, this is just, it's going to sound so stupid, until you actually hold that thing, it's like it's got magic power. When you hold it, you begin going, I'm Ric Flair. It's really weird. You just, the weight of it, and you begin sort of going, yeah, I can picture myself just, it's, it, it's magic. I'm going to bring it in so you can have a go. Lovely old job. And, uh, and then, because we finish at about 11 o'clock, I have to then walk through Soho. With it, over with, your shoulder. With 15 pounds worth of gold metal <laughs> that's uh, that's not a good idea <laughs> hey look I'm going to be defending the belt from here all the way to Leicester Square yeah Station. exactly right amazing <laughs> um, the next match is Edge and Lita and Mick Foley versus <laughs> Terry yes. Funk Tommy Dreamer and Beulah McGillicutty this was fun oh, from the start to the finish this was just a lot of fun isn't it this is watching this this match you could have put on a pay-per-view that took place yesterday <laughs> and it would still be every bit as entertaining it would still seem as <laughs> state of the art there was um, a big AEW main event that took place in the last pay-per-view between Kenny Amiga and John Moxley right. and it was a hardcore match mm. and it had loads of barbed wire and it had loads of weapons and it had loads of insane spots and it is not remotely <laughs> as much fun and as as shocking as this match is. I love this. Well, it started, uh, as you find out that Edge and Mick Fornley, uh, Mick Fornley? <laughs> if only. <laughs> Mick Fornley are now um, friends mm. uh, for some reason and uh, I can't remember who said that. Got, he goes, oh yeah, it's um, whoever runs um, ECW. Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman. I think it's Mick, Paul Heyman who shouts to Mick Fornley, Mick Fornley, you're a prostitute. <laughs> yes. I was like, what's happening? So, Sorry, I, I sort of looked down briefly and somebody shouts, Mick Foley, you're a prostitute. I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> this, this was, a, you know, a, a big angle they did. Mick Foley was always very, very good at turning his back on ECW. Right. So even though he seems to sum up everything it's about, yeah. he was such a good performer in the ring and so good on the mic that he would often do a big thing where he'd go, you fans disgust me. What, what do you give me? I give you my body and you just bay for blood. You know, you're vile and I am going to the WWE where they'll treat me well. Yeah. And it was just, he was very good at flipping that. Yeah. And it's quite interesting actually with a, with a sort of very pro ECW crowd. They buy everything that WWE are doing here. When they're going, Mick Foley's now bad, they're like, yes, we accept that. The Big Show's now one of your favourites. Yes, we accept that. Um, you know, if John Cena wins, we riot. Yeah, okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll work we'll on that. that one, yeah. It just seems everything else we've basically got you eating out of our hands. Yes. Um, so this, this match, it was, it, it, it's just, I mean, Foley is, is so good. They There was, uh, what they really wanted to do here was get Edge over. 
Yeah. And Edge is, I think, from <laughs> the start of this match, Edge is not remotely as big a star as he is by the time it's over. Right. I think it's, I, I seem to remember watching this and just thinking, God, they've actually done it. They've made him an A-lister. Mm. And this match was fantastic. So Edge is, this guy they've been trying to get into the main event for quite a while. You've got Tommy Dreamer, who's had a great career in ECW, but he's never connected in WWE at any meaningful level at all. You've got Terry Funk, who is very old now. He's 62. When he 62, walks to the ring... He gets so abused. <laughs> when he walks to the ring and he's swinging, he's like, oh, no. Yeah. And then you've got Mick Foley, who is who is beginning to sort of enter semi-retirement. Yeah. So this match, I think there was... Vince McMahon, I think, was very much uh, of the... Th- the the mindset that this match would not deliver. One of the big things that he had was that Terry Funk could not deliver in the ring to mm. a level that people would want to see. Right. And so Terry Funk went out there and was essentially like, well, that's basically my death warrant. Um, <laughs> I, I've got to show, I've got to prove him wrong. And the only way I can prove him wrong is by killing myself, uh, which he then proceeds to do. Um, this is just from the start to the finish. It is perfectly booked. It's perfectly timed. It's got Funk and Foley doing the, probably the last great work of their careers yeah. it's got Edge on fire it's got so many other little bits and bobs that come in that make it fun <laughs> Lita does some sort of like you know she's now a year into this Lita's a hoe gimmick right. um, they're all chanting she's a crack or at yeah. her and she's doing a, um, a a promo about sitting on Tommy Dreamer's face and that's the most action he's got and everything mm. and it's just she you can still see in her eyes she's like oh, I'm sort of resigned to this now <laughs> but I don't I don't is this right is this this it. Here we go. Um, and there's as Tommy, as, as Terry Funk and Tommy Dreamer come out, there is a boy in the audience who is about eleven, and he's holding up a sign, and it's a big heart, and it says "I heart later." Oh, and just, no. I just, my heart sort of broke with him watching all this sort of ultra violence and and this sort of favourite he's got, and her sitting there just sort of going, "When I sat in your face, Tommy Dreamer, just like, mummy, mummy, am I a man now? Is this my bar mitzvah?" Oh, the commentary oh. team just constantly calling her a slag, basically, just constantly. They do. I mean, it's that it's that funny sort of little gap, isn't it, between the real and the fake? You know, yeah. you, you do something in your real life and it becomes your fake life for the next two and a half years. Um, uh, the other woman in the match is Beulah McGillicutty, who uh, wasn't a trained wrestler, but she was the real-life wife of Tommy Dreamer. Right, OK, yes. Um, another little odd... Uh, we mentioned Tony Mameluk uh, being, looking like Christopher Moltisanti from The Sopranos. Their two children play Tony Soprano's niece in... No. Uh, the Sopranos when they were babies um, <laughs> but she was uh, a girl who she, she entered wrestling in about 1998 mm. uh, 1988 in fact <clears> in Stampede uh, where she played the sister of Brian Pillman who he told someone off for pushing about that's right yes it wasn't a sister they were going out <laughs> oh, no. and uh, I think she met Raven uh, uh, she was actually a backing dancer for Prince in between okay Eula McGillicutty yeah. she met Raven at some do and he said do you want to get into wrestling she said sure she ended up in ECW uh, she met Tommy Dreamer they're still together oh. uh, they seem very very nice oh, and this is nice. her last ever match <laughs> 
<laughs> There's a mention actually in the commentary. They talk about a match that she had with the ECW referee Bill Alfonso, right. where they say um, Bill Alfonso lost a third of his blood <laughs> in this match, <laughs> and it was a, a sort of famous bloodbath. And the best thing about it is Beulah McGillicuddy was not really a wrestler. Bill Alfonso was quite small, and <laughs> she did all that damage in under five minutes. <laughs> Just a, a strange little story. Um, Funk is great in this. He gets the ladder on, he swings it. Even the bits where Funk does them badly, and there are a lot of them, just as you begin to go, oh, this is embarrassing, he'll do something that's good. And it's, it's a constant balancing act. And actually, I began finding myself thinking, this is why I really enjoy Terry Funk. Yeah. It's because I'm not sure at any point no. whether it's going to go badly or okay. <laughs> well, he, it ro- he rolls over at one point and there's... One bruise on his hip. It's an old bruise. <laughs> yeah. And then there's another one somewhere else. And he's oh, just it's like, on the inside oh, of his arm at yeah. the end. It's a real... You know when, like, you'd, you'd go to... like, like This is not a relatable story. Neither of <laughs> us have done this. But you'd go to a nursing home and you'd sort of say, oh, well, if it's well run, how do you explain In this? This, bed sores and bruises. Exactly. You'd pull back the sheets. to bed and, and broomsticks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... um. I mean, that is the thing. Terry Funk's body should be in an old people. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, are you still alive? You still, I guess I'm doing an interview. If, he's, if his body is going to take massive abuse, it should be <laughs> in a medical facility, <laughs> not in a place where people are cheering. No, um, exactly. Uh, he's, he's just, he does a whole bit with my eye as well, my which eye. is a throwback to so that great empty arena match of, I think, 81 with Jerry Lawler. Is that Lawler, actual, my eye! Is that, is that um, a genuine tribute to that? Like the whole eye thing? I think so, although right. Terry Funk, he's, he's He's actually got a couple of things that he always did. He was very aware that audiences would react with horror if you did an eye thing. So if you were constantly going, oh, I'm blind, people would tend to sort of go, oh, I don't, <laughs> don't This is a new emotion for my wrestling. I was booing and cheering, and now I'm just holding on to the seat a bit nervously. I'd like to know how they sort of do the barbed wire stuff with the, you know, the one that goes around people's necks and heads and yeah. eyes. That, must be like the, the barbs on it must be a, like a soft metal or, or they must be rounded off or I something believe, yeah. I believe they are just cut off so they're square right, that yeah, sort of yeah, thing yeah. So, so they have been sort of sh- filed yeah, yeah. off you don't have the sharp bits no. but then again it doesn't yeah, really it doesn't really matter it doesn't really fuck, help if it gets you in your fucking eye yeah. fuck, but it's just, it seemed very close to everyone's neck and, uh, well, it was in uh, a lot of mouths uh, and necks uh, yeah. <laughs> right above your sort of Adam's apple <laughs> where there's nothing you can do you can't sort of tense up to go well that'll take a bit of the pressure off you're just like oh god that's just that's just separating the skin like that <laughs> the, um, Terry Funk the other thing he sort of really invented was the going into shock when you're yeah. like so he, he he pretty much goes into shock within three minutes in this match he's under a ladder just just shaking and sh- he pulls shivering he the ladder and... onto himself like a blanket <laughs> so shit but yeah I thought he was going to do something with it or someone was going to land on him nothing happened I tell you though by the time he's lying <laughs> in that table and he, he legitimately could not get out of the no. mess of bar wire. Um, so Edge at the end of it pulls Foley out and it really rips up Foley's hair. This is one of the few matches where everyone's getting their hair snagged on stuff as well. Even in most like barbed wire matches, people do not get their hair all like, ah, oh, it's tangled. It's going to be cut free. 
When Funk is on that thing, they are having to like lift him up. But they, they're snipping the bits off. He, I think he had seven stitches, but he was legitimately furious that they couldn't get him off. He was tangled in it. Uh, the end of this match has uh, Edge um, delivering a spear mm. to Beulah McGillicutty. Um, and it is I, one of the best like explosive ends to a match. Yeah. So she, the best thing is she sees him coming and she has time to go, no, lift her hands up over her mouth, by which time he's already like gone straight through her. Absolutely creamed her. And then he does what's... Uh, the best way you can describe it is the sex pin. And he sort of, you know, he, he puts her legs over his shoulders, he puts his groin against hers, and he mm. bounces the count, uh, like in the act of coitus. <laughs> disgusting. What a disgusting end to a disgusting match. That would be the last uh, act of male-on-female violence in WWE. Really? Until 2019. Wow. Yep, so it'd be 13 years before uh, a man got to lay his hands on a woman. <laughs> and it was... In the uh, ring, let's make that very clear. Yes. Wrestlers have a terrible record it with this was, kind of here. <laughs> it was the Royal Rumble 2019. Right. Uh, Randy Orton delivered an RKO to Nia Jax because she was late with his dinner. Oh. Uh, not late with his dinner, no. <laughs> no, they were in a match. <laughs> Mark Hen. Oh, dear. Well, it is sort of weird. That, again, if you've never listened to it, say this is the first time you listen to this podcast, mm. you're like, what a strange world it sounds like. And then you've got a bit where you go, they seemed a bit sad that there were 13 years where there wasn't any male-on-female <laughs> violence. I mean, it's a, it's a strange thing. Uh, look, if you want, uh, if you want uh, equal rights, so uh, she'll be able to punch everyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, oh, it's sad inside. It's that type of podcast. I wish they'd write it at the <laughs> yeah, top. Write it at the top. Um, We're sponsored by an energy drink company. <laughs> this, the, my, uh, i tell you the other bit that I'd not remembered at all. <laughs> but there's a bit where it cuts to an absolutely horrified audience oh, member. yes, I saw her. It's like she's, an Asian-American <laughs> lady. <laughs> yeah, she, is, she looks like a professional. Yeah. Like she's sort of like, well, I'll just lock up the flower shop, <laughs> you know, that's used by Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> and where are you taking me? Oh, we're going to the Hammerstein Ballroom. Look horrified. Oh, she again. Wrestling is the only sport where you'd look for someone who was absolutely appalled by your product, and you'd go get the camera three on them. Get camera, and it's it's good because it's only like 20, like ten minutes into the actual <laughs> yes, it is. match. It goes on for twenty. When you when you get like Terry Funk coming out with that flaming baseball bat, barbed wire baseball bat, and everyone cheers, and it obviously takes a long time for him well, to, it, to light to it. light it. It cuts away, and I was like, oh, what's he doing now? What's he done now? What's he done wrong? <laughs> Now, what's he fucked up? I thought it looked like he was getting like, well, you know, it was one of those um, razors, those cutthroat razors. I thought, yeah. how's he going to do? How's he going to do this safely? <laughs> the lull of my throat, my throat. <laughs> but he uses a flaming baseball bat to knock Mick Foley through a barbed wire uh, table, mm. sort of platform. And I just thought, where else but wrestling? You know, you, you you can say anything about it, but wrestling is the king of sports. <laughs> and then he's just on top of it, and it's just like, oh, no. It will always come down to that. Oh, People wow. will say, oh, but, you know, how can you talk about it when it's like the majesty of football? You know, this is so many people from so, all over the world, you know, in harmony playing. Baseball bat is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Mick Foley went through a barbed wire table. Exactly. Stick it in your pipe, Pele. <laughs> <laughs> 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Bolt Mahoney versus Masato Tanaka. <laughs> a little bit of a palate cleanser, this one. Yeah, it's uh, a bit, um, Bolt Mahoney is disgusting. Oh, oh, oh very much. So, did you watch the video I sent you late last night? Yes, I did. Did uh, you enjoy the video I sent you late last night? I hadn't got to this point in the ECW show, so I didn't understand who this disgusting freak was. <laughs> but now I'd realised it was how many years in between the two videos? The video you sent me on WhatsApp. Six years. Six years between this and then. Yeah. Yeah. So life, that, has, life has got on top of him a little bit. Uh, well, it's not life, it's meth. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, so, One Night Stand 2006. Oh, well, six years later, Bullsmore. Homie was having a match with Marty Jannetty mm. at the Pro Wrestling Syndicate Supercard 2012. Um, it's uh, it's kind of an infamous um, video in that Marty Jannetty gives him a chair shot like he'd taken throughout his career, an unprotected yeah. head chair shot. Yeah. And uh, within moments uh, after, I think, pinning Marty Jannetty, um, Balls Mahoney is, is just a projectile vomiting all through the ring. The way he reacts to it as well is just like, oh, it's happening again. Yeah. You he's know? Like, oh, he, he, thinks he's, he thinks it's all done. And yeah. he's like, 
not going to be sick again. He's on his feet. Yeah. He's not like he's, you know, on, on his... No. <laughs> you know? He doesn't really sell it as a thing because he's just he's being actually sick. Yeah. Like, he's got concussion. He's vomiting. <laughs> yeah, I think the thing is, you see, is it because of a concussion? Yes, he clearly had... I believe the autopsy, because he is dead. I mean, yeah, they, yeah, they, didn't, yeah. they didn't autopsy him. Well, you know, just I, I because they were interested. But... I wouldn't... <laughs> Shall we do it? Look, it's, look, get your stuff done before. Get all yeah. your work done. So we'll start start autopsying him now, because he will be dead within five years. Well, I'm happy with that, lad. <laughs> Great, thank you, balls. Yep. Well, can you just stop me vomiting all over the <laughs> table, please? No can do. <laughs> um, he, um, he just, I mean, he's. I think there's the question as to whether or not, and he certainly did have uh, his brain showed uh, the the CTE, the the damage of concussions mm. uh, over the years. Mm. Um, but I think there was a certainly talk at the time that his drug uh, issues were massively out of control and that the vomit was probably as much to do with with the fact that he was uh, on all sorts of things. He did not look well. He's not well here, to be fair. No. Well, I mean, he died in 2016. So, Mm. I mean, this this sort of... um, It's a decade after this Mm. and you would be amazed how much weight you can lose in a decade. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it? Um, He he goes against Masato Tanaka Mm. and the last one night stand, Masato Tanaka had one of the best matches of the night with Mike Awesome. Um, I think they may have edited out some of the anti-Mike Awesome um, commentary that was on this one. Oh, so really? Even though he's not on the card, they're still talking about a bloke who, uh, what was his name, Mike Awful, that right. sort of thing. And I can't work out whether that's gone for any reason or whether I just missed it. Right, so It okay. was certainly there at some point. Ah. Strange. But Masato Tanaka comes out. Tanaka did not sign with the WWE to come back for this new ECW thing. He right. was working in Japan. So they were like, oh, well, let's get him in for one shot. We'll have him beaten by uh, Balls Mahoney, who has signed to be an ECW. Balls Mahoney also, I think he did two years all in total. He got an action figure. Right, OK. Action figure. <laughs> it, just, it, it just seems so strange. Um, there's a bit where, you know, they, they basically are doing all the things that ECW matches used to have that they haven't done through the rest of the show. Mm. So they're doing, like, dueling chairs and they're doing unprotected headshots again and again. Mm. There's a bit which always used to happen where they go brawling outside and Balls Mahoney grabs someone's beer, he drinks it, a little bit of it, and then he smashes the plastic cup full of beer over Masato Tanaka's head, and everyone just goes wild. Yeah. That is not an offensive move. No. That is a plastic <laughs> cup on your head. <laughs> That's like, everyone's like, really goes yeah, for it every time. Yeah, because the beer time. goes everywhere. It's brilliant. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I agree. Is there something to be said that we would both pay to go to something if a boat said, I just stand in the middle of the room and I will lob beer? Lob beer out of my friend. I'd yeah. watch that. I'd watch that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is, I mean, this is a really nothing of a match, really. It's just there to fill a bit of time, um, to give us a break between the hardcore match and the main event. Um, <laughs> the only thing I really enjoyed about it is they say, from Nutley, New Jersey, which is how Balls Mahoney was always billed. Right. And Taz really guffaws like he's never heard it before and it's really funny. He sort of goes, <laughs> Nutley. I mean, his name is Boz Mahoney. Yeah. Um, Crying out loud. He used to come into Big Balls, the ACDC song. But I imagine that was changed in WWE because they would have to pay some money. Yeah. And they don't like doing that. (laughs) Um, So, the main event, I think we'll... um, Well, I reckon we can crack through this. Yeah, let's get on. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, there's a little bit of Eugene in the middle, isn't there? Oh! Before before we get there. Jesus Christ. Let's not give Eugene the the, the once-over. Let's give give him respect to yourselves. Let me make it clear. This is definitely now going to be split into four episodes because <laughs> the Eugene bit Eugene is, is here, the guys. highlight. They do this so well because the way they set it up is they go, it's time for the main event yeah, and then Eugene comes out. <laughs> Such a good 
piece of basic booking. <laughs> really fuck everyone off. <laughs> uh, they bring out the worst thing about WWE yeah. and they put it in front of a crowd who don't like WWE. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Um, are you feeling comfortable about this section? Uh, well, I mean, it, I mean, we've seen Eugene before. It's a disabled boy. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he's yes, just and, and he comes out and he does a weird poem. <laughs> I love that bit where he comes out and they're just booing. Yeah, and then he's just like, "I wrote a poem. Do you want to hear it?" I properly <laughs> laughed out loud. I was like, "That is so good to push that button <laughs> to just keep pushing that." <laughs> we're gonna. We, you hate this, but we're gonna make it. <laughs> the, the crowd are chanting, "Fuck you, fuck <laughs> you!" And he turns and just goes, "Good luck to you too." <laughs> I like the way they keep him pure they don't sort of have him come out and go I don't like this stinky stuff he's just going I'm having a wonderful time and everyone is like will someone come and pistol whip him <laughs> yeah and uh, who comes out is um, I don't think I've seen this man before if I have I don't like him <laughs> <laughs> and if I've said I do like him last time, I don't like him this time. You did like him last did time. Did I? It's the Sandman. Oh, right, yes. The Sandman oh, who looked sorry, under yes. the ring to see the big spring. That's right. Sandman yes, who comes sorry. out to enter Sandman. Yes, Sandman okay, who sorry. got his gimmick off a child he did a paper round okay, that he yes, somehow yes, benefited yes, yes, from. Yes, yes, sorry, sorry, Mark. <laughs> he looks, because in this I'm one he's got himself up. into shape mm. for the relaunch of ECW, <laughs> he looks like a sort of really buff, um, a cross between Rutger Howard in Blade Runner yeah and Albert Stepfather <laughs> he looks like a man who I think I've probably seen on a thousand kind of oh, sort of House of Cards things and he comes in as a special advisor <laughs> yes. to the to the to the to the president yeah and he's like sorry sir I don't think you should do that <laughs> and he turns out to be evil at the end he's always going to be evil the last shot is of him in a dark room with a photocopier and he looks around and he just takes out a transponder <laughs> yeah. like that and it will say update and he'll go mm, and it'll go boop um, <laughs> <laughs> More booking. Um, so uh, the, the one thing about this is the crowd love the Sandman. And it's a, an awful thing to sort of go, here's Eugene, the sort of... How did they... I can't even remember how they used to... They used to sort of just sort of say, innocent Eugene. Innocent that sort Eugene. Of thing. They would never ever say he is special. Yeah. You know, he has special needs. Mm. He should not be working in this environment. <laughs> not. It's dangerous. It's dangerous not just for him, but for everybody else. And <laughs> they just bring the salmon out, this insanely violent drunk man. And you saw, I, I was sort of like, oh, I don't, I don't like this at all. The crowd are so pleased to see Sandman. He can't get to the ring. There's just too many people. And you begin watching that and you go, if you're John Cena, you're going, if I somehow end up in there, I've seen them do, like, swarm someone they love yeah. and he can't move now. It, they don't like me. If I get out there and they swarm me, they'll tear me limb from limb. It must be a bit nerve-wracking. Right, actually, yeah, I, think, yeah. I think Cena in the early part of his match, he looks really like... <laughs> I've got to be just straight ahead on this I don't, <laughs> I don't, want, I don't want to whip them up anymore <laughs> out comes Sandman and just as if it's not sort of like gross enough that he's going to start beating essentially you know this pure sort of spirit with a stick Singapore, Singapore stick and Singapore cane Singapore cane he, he makes Eugene the crowd start chanting beg 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 <laughs> and Eugene starts begging to yeah. not I, again he's probably hit again with a stick well, for the character he sort of can he understand what he's doing that's the stuff that I began getting really like upset about going he's begging but does he even know what he's begging for you know it's gonna be he's gonna get hit and he'll just go 
Is it that? Is that because of the begging? <laughs> I just <laughs> found it too complex. Uh, again, look, like that flaming barbed wire bat and the barbed wire table. Watching a barfly being cheered for beating up like a special Olympian. Wrestling is the greatest sport on earth. Oh no, it's so bad. It's so bad, oh. and that's their, you know, yeah, that, that that's their kind of part of the palate cleanser for the main event. Yeah, it's like going, don't, please don't storm the stage because Eugene is here. Yeah, <laughs> you might get hurt. Beg, beg, <laughs> beg. Would you like to hear a story about Sandman? That I, I didn't know. Would like to hear a so, story about Sandman, please. In, when back in the uh, ECW days, mm. which was a, a famously sort of druggy um, locker room, uh, the Sandman decided to stop sniffing Newbane, and he What's decided to start injecting it. What's Newbane? I believe it's some sort of pain. Pill. Right, okay. So normally you eat them, he'd begun sniffing them, but he decided to inject it. Oh. Um, he died in his car uh, on the way to a show in Milwaukee. Um, he was, however, a, a revived at the mm. hospital and he competed uh, in ECW the same night. Oh my God. Uh, Tommy Dreamer went on the Steve Austin show and he said that the manager, Bill Alfonso, got out of the car and took the drugs so they wouldn't be found there um, as they arrived at the emergency room with Sandman in the car. And they just dropped the Sandman off outside as if they didn't know him and drove away. <laughs> my word. They literally dumped a dead body. And then the dead body came back to main event. <laughs> What a nightmare. <laughs> those stories about the ECW locker room, those sorts of things are like Balls Mahoney and things. It, it goes beyond being a thing where people are taking drugs. It mm. becomes this terrifying, terrifying dark place. When you're, when you're dying, that's doing too much. <laughs> you need to pull back from there. Oh, dear. If you, when your friend dies, you just dump them outside a hospital and then go back to work, <laughs> you are doing too much. You know, it's uh, a vision of hell. Yeah, horrible. Let's do the main event. Mm, let's do that. Uh, that was Ric Flair. He's not involved. Um, <laughs> WWE champion uh, John Cena versus Rob Van Dam. Yeah. Rob Van Dam's greatest moment in a pretty much, a, you know, a career that at the time people were really sure he was one of the greats. And as time's gone on, he's looked less spectacular, mainly because I think his style was so influential. You just see it everywhere now. Mm. And at the time, nobody was like Rob Van Dam. And his sort of mix of martial arts and kicks and high-flying and being a big guy, mm. you know, looking pretty much seen as equal, there was no one else like it. And I think history's been really, really hard on him. He's had periods as well where he's just not been motivated. Mm. And that's been a really bad thing for Hall of Fame careers. When you, you know, had he basically retired in 2000, I think everyone would sort of be talking about him as one of the great American performers of the 20th century because he's gone on and it's just been slightly diminishing returns. Turns, mm. I think it sort of affects him. But you forget just how big he was. And this night, he is as over in that room as anyone has ever been over in any room. <laughs> the, the reaction to the crowd are is just insane. Yeah. John Cena comes out and the boos that he gets are as big as the cheers that RVD has got coming in. Mm. This predates everyone going, John Cena sucks, to his music. Right. So they are just booing, and they're just booing so continuously, it's almost drowning out the music. Mm. Cena comes out with his weird... He's invented his own military thing, <laughs> so he's not saluting because he's worried about false valour tracking him down. He sort of just goes... 
like that, turns his hand up. Like, it's a weird move. You see it and you just go, ah, fake, fake, fake military. Um, he comes out and he looks very serious and he doesn't look to the sides. He doesn't do too much sort of dancing around. And I think he is actually a little bit like, this is a small building and there's a lot of people in it. And it almost feels like they could just sort of jump into the ring. Yeah, it looks... I think when... Um, who appears? It might actually be... Uh, it might actually be when the Sandman appears. Mm. I thought, could he jump off the balcony <laughs> yes. onto Eugene? Yeah. Because it looks so close. And then there's a cutaway and you're like, oh, it's not that far away. But it looks like it's on top of you from one from some there, there is a thing if you're seen it. You've seen how they treated Eugene. <laughs> and you're like, well, you know, they don't hate Eugene. They just, they just think he's a silly character. Yeah. But they all ended up chanting "beg" while he got beaten. <laughs> what are they going to do to me? A they legitimately hit. They actively dislike. Yeah. You know, out he comes. There's some great bits here where the crowd just become the third participant in the ring. So mm. Cena throws his t-shirt out. Oh, fantastic! This this little section. It comes back in, <laughs> and he throws it out again. And it comes back in. And it just happens again and again. <laughs> and the best thing is, the last two times it happens, the cameras are really on it. Yeah. And the guys who are throwing have sort of got the idea of what to do. You don't grab it and chuck it immediately. No. You give it a bit of time. And each time it just hits the top rope <laughs> and it just hangs there. Yeah. It's beautiful. What are the chances? The last time uh, the T-shirt gets thrown back in, it's a big... Big guy wipes his ass on it and just flips in the fuck you and then throws it in. He was wonderful. I believe a member of security. Yeah, that, that's what I thought at, he did. Like ballroom, right, and he was okay. a guy. I think they brought in some of the old ECW security. Yeah, okay. so he would have been known to the hardcore fans pretty okay, much in right. the room rather than necessarily yeah, even yeah, the yeah. TV. But there was that sense if you're John Cena where you go. Ah, problem is, he is actually the security here. And now he's doing a against John Cena thing. This is just making everything a bit incendiary, isn't it? Um, then out comes toilet paper. I'm amazed this doesn't get done more often. Yeah. So in Japan, there's a big tradition of doing coloured streamers. You know, your favourite comes in, you fum, and out come the streamers. Mm. They've tried to clamp down on it more and more because with things like TV, you have to clear it really well. Yeah. It takes a bit of time and you're eating into your pay-per-view and it's flammable. Like that. <laughs> yeah. You still see it now and then. You never, ever see unpopular wrestlers being toilet papered. Really? And that's what he gets here where they're throwing, <laughs> instead of the coloured streamers, yeah. they're throwing toilet paper. <laughs> People who have been at home and thought, I've got that pay-per-view tonight with John Cena, who I hate, what shall I do that will be funny? Yeah, because you can't confiscate I toilet have paper. so much respect for those you people. You can steal toilet paper, you can uh, bring it in because you might have a medical and problem. Every venue will have some toilet paper. Yes. It might be hard to get, but you can get it, you know? <laughs> it's, um, it's just fantastic. They, the, the chants start, and they're all really sexual. Cena, Swallows, you hear a lot. But then you get stuff about you can't wrestle. And it's I always think that if you're a wrestler... Anything else, you know, is fine. Um, I think uh, Randy Orton gets something along the lines of you fuck Cena. You right. Know? And it's all that. You can just go, here, yeah, very good. But when they chant, you <laughs> can't wrestle, <laughs> it would be really hard to sort of go, oh, well, excuse me, because I've sold that Madison. You know, it would be difficult yeah. to not let it needle you slightly, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, RVD comes out and you get the you know the the, the the yay and the boo where they are mm. so behind him all the way he was absolutely the only person who could have not only sort of won this match but taken that title mm. you know and it was 
I don't think it was overdue. He could have won it earlier in his career. He was with WWE from about 2001 onwards. And when he first came in, he was just a phenomenon, mm. you know. They slightly never pulled the trigger on him. I think Triple H didn't feel like he worked very well. He had a reputation over the years for potatoing people, so hitting them accidentally yeah. as hard as he could. <laughs> and, uh, you know, people didn't like necessarily... He had a stiff working style because of the moves that he did. But he was 100% the right person to take that belt at yeah. this time and for it to have come together that they had this ECW relaunch to give him that perfect night I think you'd be hard pressed to find any wrestler who had a better one night in the business than Rob Van Dam on this night mm. where he is just in front of a crowd where everybody wants him to win where he's doing something that he must have felt over the years he was never going to get to do he's doing it against the biggest star in WWE not just of that of that period but of the decade possibly even you know since uh, since Steve Austin mm. you know you're beating him and it just seemed like a, a thrilling moment that I think people didn't quite believe was going to happen, even when the, you know you have that main event. For him to win was such an exciting moment for people who loved wrestling, mm. really. It was just thrilling to see him yeah. do it. It's such a good little match. The thing is, of course, is they fuck it up. <laughs> so what they do, of course, is they have Edge come from under the ring, yeah. spear John Cena through a table, and then RVE does his splash and pins him. And again, you've got that thing of WWE saying, well... I'll trust you too. You, you know, you're ECW, you couldn't have beaten John Cena, but thankfully, Edge, who's WWE, yeah. he came in and made it possible for right. him. There's a weird bit where Edge comes out with a like bike helmet on, I does the spear it, and then did, takes it off. That bit doesn't really... Exp- <laughs> Like, why has he got a bike Why on? put a disguise on <laughs> to then immediately take it off? Yes. You know, it just doesn't... And it's not like John Cena's like, shit, I thought that was going to be someone to attack me in the ring. But it's just an average <laughs> guy in a black room, trench man. coat and a black helmet. <laughs> so a courier. in no way is that frightening and weird. <laughs> um, so Edge uh, comes in. But obviously what they were doing here behind the scenes is... Uh, RVD is not the long-term, mm. you know, main man in the business. The big main man in the business that they want long-term is Edge. Mm. And this is really the thing actually that pushes him over the edge um, ha 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 the word edge twice <laughs> <laughs> yes um, other podcasts get five minutes out of that <laughs> I, I, I really thought so what happens is the referee is down uh, RVD can't wake him because he's been knocked over and things uh, not that it would have mattered in the scheme of edge interfering because it's extreme rules so mm. anything goes so again it seemed a bit confusing yep. but they have Paul Heyman run out and do the one two three and RVD becomes not just the WWE champion, he's rechristened the belt the ECW Championship. Right. And I was 100% sure when I watched this at the time that they were going to do a dusty finish. So the next night on Raw, they'd say, because the referee was knocked, was knocked out, out yeah. Paul Heyman made mm. the fast count, yeah. we uh, are not going to give RVD the WWE title. And then Paul Heyman would go, okay, in that case, he's the inaugural ECW champion. Yeah. And it seemed like they were leaving it open for that. But no, they did. They no, <laughs> they don't even announce him at the end as WWE champion. They say the new ECW champion RVD. And but that's not what he wants. Did they? Was this an insurance policy? What do you mean? As in, like, as in, as in, they can change their mind the next night. <laughs> 
is this? I was really yeah. unsure about it. Because he, because he, because uh, obviously he got the he got the money in the bank thing, so which made him able to yeah. take a shot at the title. Yeah, he chose at this this point. So yeah, he, that should have been the WWE type. They're just the yeah the, the big title. They, they, they the big I just I just thought that the way they delivered it, that thing of saying not saying the WWE champion, mm. I really thought, oh okay, tomorrow they're going to go. No, it didn't. Mm. It didn't work out. Then we're going to get triple threat matches and watch RVD fizzle. But no, the next day it was just like, yep, that happened. <laughs> wow, great. Was that because the reception was good or something? Right, I, okay, I, I, yeah. I just don't know. It seemed to have all the elements of the dusty finish, named after Dusty Rhodes, who mm. used to do that. You'd go and see a title shot, and the next day on TV they'd sort of go, um, oh, it turned out it was a disqualification because <laughs> we uh, essentially like VAR, where they'd go, we, yeah. we, we looked over the uh, the uh, the tapes, and it turned out he actually went over the top rope, which is an immediate disqualification. <laughs> uh, bad luck, everyone who paid all that money and enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> so. Um, uh, out comes um, uh, RVD just runs into the, the crowd who are delighted to see him mm. um, and RVD then hugs his wife he goes up into the balcony and hugs her mm. and again that was a sort of odd thing that made it seem more real you sort of go yeah if you did win a championship and you were a real sportsman mm. and you you know you would have your wife in the building mm. and you would go up and you would hug her mm. and so that element of real was really sort of like exciting and um, that's RD, RVD's ex-wife now oh. that's Sonia um, <laughs> there's some good stuff here <laughs> um, yeah, she had the houseworker on payroll for many, many years. Now they're married and they have lots of my money. That's her great success story. Anyway, she's been gone almost five years, seems longer, and I'm way the fuck over that. <laughs> the next tweet reads, it was 100% her choice. I am so happy she left and married that guy that painted my green room. <laughs> so they broke up. Since then, RVD's had a relationship with, a, with one of the Impact uh, wrestlers. Right. I forget her name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's always on Twitter boasting about his wife and girlfriend. Uh, he's often in a hot tub with two women um, who will be topless he uh, has his own range of um, what's CBD it's that cannabis CBD oil thing oil, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he has his own RVD range of that RVD He's, CBD that kind of works for me yeah well honest. it will do and he, it's, he is a proponent of marijuana he's talked about it for years mm. It's also the thing that entirely sours what happened at, at this event so within a month he and Sabu are in a car and they're driving back from a house show and uh, RVD is the champion and his Sabu is next to him in the car and a policeman pulls them over because they're speeding. Uh, it turns out they're going about 10 miles over the speeding thing. There is some audio of it. Speed limit 55, I checked your speed at 73. Oh, I thought it was 65, I'm sorry. Okay. We were wrestling in uh, Huntington tonight, not a way to call this. Who are you wrestling for? WWE. Is that right? Nobody else. <laughs> I don't follow right <laughs> No, I just mean we're like, you know, somebody on TV or something. Yeah, world champion. What, what do you go by? Rob Van Dam, RVD. Oh, okay, I've heard of you. Yeah. What's your name, Ball? Sabu. Sabu. Well, it's 55, man. Yeah, I didn't, I'm sorry, I didn't realize. I thought it was 65. You're rolling pretty hard. I don't need to do that. Always drive with your shirt off. <laughs> it was very hot leaving the area. No, I don't. You wrestled tonight? So yeah, just a few minutes ago. You have any marijuana, guns, knives, drugs, anything like that in the vehicle? Can you explain to me why your car smells like dope? <laughs> oh no! Can you explain why your car smells like dope? 
Oh, yes, you can. Because um, I like the Pope. He's been around. <laughs> the uh, the officer performed a search of the car. He mm. discovered uh, RVD had 18 grams of marijuana alongside five Vicodins. Uh, right. Sabu was found holding drug paraphernalia and nine tablets of testolactone. And wow. both RVD and Sabu were arrested. They posted bond. I think they got fined. Um, mm. But the, the problem was RVD was in the middle of this huge push. Um, he'd basically won that championship about a month before and what the WWE had to do because their wellness policy was they had to suspend him right and they basically when the news came in they said we need to just allow two days for us to investigate fully and those two days covered Monday Night Raw and ECW which allowed both men to wrestle and RVD to lose the belt right and okay. so off he went um, he has it's always been seen as a big what if what mm. if that hadn't have happened? Yeah. They would have possibly gone with RVD for a longer period than they certainly would have gone with him for a longer period than they did. But RVD himself has said that it was actually fine. He said he didn't think it changed his career in any way. Uh, he did an interview with the Baltimore Sun and he said there was no way I was going to be the longest reigning world champion in WWE. Nobody thinks that. People like to say plans were dropped for ECW because of that night. Heck no. Most people think that was just a transitional moment anyway. From my perspective, when people say that couldn't have happened at a worse time, I always say it couldn't have happened at a better time. Wouldn't go that far, VD. <laughs> I mean, none of it actually makes sense, no, what he says. No. He's just like, yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. He, no, I think you caught him in the evening for that interview. <laughs> yeah, he's... I'm chilled out about it, to be honest. <laughs> he basically says, he says as well, the fact <laughs> is, if I wasn't the WWE and ECW world champion at the time, nobody would have cared. It wouldn't have been all over the news. <laughs> I, but you were. So it was. Um, oh, bless him. He basically has said, look, I, I needed the time off. I was getting burnt out. Mm. If I'd have been the champion, they'd have used me so much more and I probably would have gone absolutely round the bend. Um, he said, I paid a $100 fine for possession of marijuana. Uh, the WWE suspension ended up costing me like 30 or 40 grand easily. You know what? I asked for more time off at the end of the 30-day suspension and that was one of the favourite months of my contract. Oh. That's how much I wanted out of there and how much I missed being home. RVD, that's a lovely thing to say. Yeah, he said... I mean, you shouldn't slag off your ex-wife. No, these days I can't imagine going back to the same schedule that I had before. No, 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 (laughs) no. No, <laughs> yeah. So um, he he's carried on like with a career. He's had a couple of WWE returns. Mm. He's wrestling at the minute with Sabu uh, in uh, Impact Wrestling, where okay. they are very much a sort of you know a nostalgia act, but they can still go. He is one of those guys who I think when he does finally hang up the tights for good, I think people will reevaluate how good he is. But because he's never really been away, I think people just take him for granted a bit. Yeah, which um, which is a shame. And watching him do this bit this big moment it was even it was weird i think sometimes when you watch this stuff now it doesn't seem big but i remember watching that at the time mm. and that seemed one of the biggest most exciting moments in wrestling one of the, one of the worst bits of that um of that match is his head going through a chair oh yes <laughs> when it's in the um turnbuckle in the tumbu- turnbuckle God, john jensen is jammed into the turnbuckle <laughs> and his head goes through it and it is 
one of the most spectacular, yeah. but quite small moves. But he, oh. he, he was very good at doing a, a, a move where they'd give him a DDT mm. and he would manage to get his body entirely straight when he did it. <laughs> so again, it looked like he'd, he was just a dart in, in the lawn. And it was just... <laughs> uh, he, was, he was really, really good. Yeah. I think it's funny, nobody ever talks about him as mm. being one of the greats. And he 100% is one of the greats. Well, you notice on his... Um, on his, uh, what they called us, unit, not unitard, what they called us. Leotards. Is it leotard? Yeah, or, um, what they call him, singlet, is it? Was he wearing a singlet? Wrestling singlet. Either way, um, he's got ECW written on it. And everybody in this show is just, basically, is just trying to say that I am a bigger part of ECW yeah. than you realise. And every time the commentary team mugged them off by saying, oh, little bit fucking tryhard, isn't it? <laughs> Rey Mysterio, your bellend, or your ECW mask. <laughs> and it's like, you dress them. Don't make, you know, don't have a go at them. Try um, the best. Talking of dressing, you can actually buy a lot of Rob Van Dam's stuff. Can so you he's call? got an eBay store. Nice. And it's run by people outside. So I think they're just people who are like, we're fans, you mm. know, can we go through your old stuff? And I think yeah. he's like, oh, whatever. <laughs> and you can buy old hats that he's worn, but right. not they're not signed or anything. They're just like WWE beanies. <laughs> and for his person, $25. It's not it's I not mean, that, that's how much you'd pay for a beanie, wouldn't you? Exactly. Mm. They're reasonably priced. <laughs> but you can also get things like he's signed his WrestleMania 20 backstage pass, mm. his Wrestle Kingdom 5 backstage <laughs> pass, all the ECW pay-per-views they had throughout the sort of two, uh, 90s. Mm. You, you, he signed all those. And I'm sort of thinking, he doesn't seem like the sort of guy who'd be together enough to have collected all this stuff really assiduously. <laughs> but certainly when you go through his eBay, his eBay store, he has kept everything. <laughs> you can buy his singlets as well. I noticed he'd sold one of his iconic ones yeah. to, to a fan. Uh, they go for about uh, $1,000 mm. or something like that, 639 I still, I don't, I mean, I like merch. Uh, yeah. I, I don't want something that's been on some wrestler's <laughs> balls again and again and again in what was very famously one of the most unhygienic places on earth, which is the ECW <laughs> locker room. Yeah, you'd have to get, it'd be, it'd be delivered in a sharp spin. You wouldn't want it to do that. <laughs> kind of you, you got, you got a kid. If they find out you've actually received an RVD singlet <laughs> yeah. through the post, you will be prosecuted, but you're prosecuted like by the Wildlife Service. Yeah, so you're, you're technically a bioterrorist. <laughs> um, I noticed that the um, the um, tie dye guy is in uh, mm. is in the, is in the crowd, and it's the first time I've seen him mm. with his MySpace. He's the tie, he's the t- he's just basically got a sign that says MySpace.com forward slash tie dye guy, <laughs> and I was like, what's this guy all about? And he's still around. Is he? He's still on Twitter. Or rather, he's on Twitter. He's known as the tie-dye guy. This is his, um, his description on Twitter. The WWE super fan, uh, tie-dye guy, known worldwide for sitting ringside for over 500 live WWE, WCW and ECW shows. Longest-running fan gimmick in pro wrestling. Not it's true. Like, not true. Not true. Come on. That said, one of his... Have you got uh, a picture of him? Let me see tie-dye guy. He's a tie-dye guy. guy. He basically dresses as Hulk Hogan. And in a lot of the... Oh, um, yes. Okay. He looks like... He basically uh, looks a bit like Hulk Hogan, but he's... Um, but so you can always see him like in the background, like flexing when uh, when Hulk Hogan. Gotcha. <laughs> he looks like such a loser. I love oh, it. Oh man! But he's, uh, he constantly wears um, hulky sunglasses and a bandana and like a little um, shirt. And he's just in a lot of like NXT shows and stuff. Uh, they're, they're sort of small, essentially a local thing. And if you <laughs> yes. live nearby, you can go there pretty much for free. Right. But okay. then don't dress up as a sort of a, a wrestler. You're not a wrestler. Well, when he was in his two-world order Hollywood Hogan phase, you can see. Him 
um, Hulk in the ring flexing, and he's in the background <laughs> having a little flex of his very own. It's like how to get ahead in advertising. You know when Richard E. Grant grows that second head on his neck? Yes. It's a bit like that. This is this is him in uh, New Orleans, um, where a shot girl is rubbing her ample bosom in his face and giving him a slap. It's all very... Uh, it's a bit Tony Atlas for my money. But, it is, uh, isn't it? Yeah. The tie-dye guy. He's I still th- around. Being proud of being a fan, the, the only fan who is actually also at 2006 who is a famous fan is mm. a guy called Vladimir. Right. And Vladimir is a guy who just... He was at WWE events sort of from the late 80s all the way through to the sort of the Attitude Era. Mm. And he was just a big dude. A really big, <laughs> sort of tall, long, built guy. And it always seemed like... Because you saw him in so many shows, you'd always be like, oh, is he going to be the next? Is he going to come he out? Gonna, yeah. And I think that's what Vladimir thought. <laughs> that you thought you're there long enough, sooner or later. You go, hey, you. Yeah. You're part of uh, this now. A, a bit like, you know, when, like, John Tenter, mm. who, who we started this sort of big review with. Yep. John Tenter was the guy who they sort of go, would you like to come out and, um, you know, uh, Dino Bravo's going to do press-ups. We need someone to sit on his back. Sir, will you do it? Yeah, all right. And okay. he came out, and it was a big surprise. You know, you'd never <laughs> seen this guy before, and he was like a big fat guy. And then he suddenly started attacking Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and there's... I think that thing of Vladimir, I certainly, when I first went to wrestling, when I was probably, what would I have been, 13, mm. I used to go to the the night before and I'd think, ah, I wonder if they're going to call me into the ring. Hey, you. Hey, like the same. I need some help here against New Jack. With <laughs> <laughs> this 12-year-old boy. You could have been mass transit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, that would have been lovely. Magic. Um, you can also just, uh, if you do get a chance, check out RVD's um, you know, eBay store. You can also buy a number of books from his personal marijuana book collection. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, there's Love a lot of them. Nice. There are a lot of them. So that's uh, ECW One Night Stand 2006. A lovely little amuse bouche. Amuse bouche. Uh, in, in, in between um, a lot of quite dry wrestling. Yes. <laughs> yes, very much so. And ECW, I mean, it would now sort of kick off after this pay per view on sci fi. Mm. And it ran for about four years. I mean, it was always doing appallingly. <laughs> Everybody hated No one was an ECW fan after three weeks of it. Okay. Um, and it just went really, really badly. By December, Paul Heyman has been fired from WWE after their terrible dis- December to December pay-per-view. Right. Um, and it just sort of went down the toilet from there. Um, you end up getting uh, the ECW champion for quite a long while is Vince McMahon, which seemed like the ultimate sort of, I've brought it back, you know. I'm, I, and you, given it to myself. And, and given it to myself and I'm going to rub your faces and how much you hate it. <laughs> uh, that will teach you to love something. <laughs> Crazy oh, times. Oh, man. Well, that has been ECW. Uh, we'll be back next time with WrestleMania 23. I believe so. Can't yes. believe I got that right. Uh, well, just as we reach the end of the hour, it remains only for me to say... <laughs> is, there, is this Radio 4? Are you going to throw to the shipping forecast? That sounded really exciting. Uh, coming up next, Women's Hour with <laughs> Lauren Laverne. WrestleMe, <laughs> Mark. WrestleMe, Pete! was a Stakhanov production. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at fifty to eighty percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 